We've heard a wide variety of testimonies, some exhortations to us as a family. And God is at work through his word and at work through saving lost souls. So open your scriptures to Psalm 100. One child was excited that I only have 10 minutes to preach this morning. Can you imagine? (laughs) What must we know about God to be glad and joyful and singing and thankful and praising and blessing people? Because if we're not those things, then there's a deficiency. What must we know? And actually Psalm 100, the old 100th, as it's often been referred to, provides the answer. But let me ask you a question before we look at this psalm. What is the silliest thing you've ever cheered for? I've cheered for getting the last bowl of sugar cereal before. You ever? Okay, so I'm not alone. (laughs) Right? Like, yes, I get the Frosted Flakes. Tammy and Sherry do not. You ever cheer for something that silly? I mean, I don't want to know what it is. Um, yes, we, we have, have you ever cheered for someone because you were jealous? Like you cheered for somebody you didn't know, you didn't care for, only because you didn't want your friend to get the winning post. You ever do that? That says a lot about our pride and a lot about our quality of friendship, doesn't it? This past summer I went fishing in Canada with three other men and we had an agreement going into the trip that whoever caught... The the largest fish each day got an award, and whoever caught the largest fish of the week got an award. And that's fun, and it adds this sort of competitive element to fishing. But I have never cheered for an inch of a fish more before. And so what I exulted in, that inch, I mean, these are big fish, so an inch isn't that much when it comes down to it. And that inch was like the dismay and the downfalling of three other men, you know, so those are silly things, right? Why do we do that? Well, it's fun. You know, God's God's designed us that way. He's wired us to praise. We are praising people. Social media proves that every single day. We praise what we love. We post what we love. We talk about the things we care for, whether it's a child or a pet or any number of things we praise. We are praising people. Do you praise God like that? Like today, have you praised God? Through song or even this morning as you woke up and looked in the backyard and the sun was coming up and you took a breath of air. Did you praise God for that breath of air? Did you praise him for anything? Without hesitation, we rejoice for a sports team, applaud at a recital. Why? Because it matters. And if we're not praising God, then it is natural to conclude that God really doesn't what? At least in that moment or in that hour or during that day, he doesn't matter. Because we naturally praise what we love. Psalm 100 is two parts invitation, two parts description. You're going to look at it. It's a very short psalm. The psalm is structured in an A, B, A, B pattern. We're going to to look at this really quick. A, call to worship, followed by a celebration of God's character. A, again, call to worship. B, 
celebration of God's character. Or you could you could frame it this way if it's helpful. A is what worship looks like. B and here's why. Here's why we worship like this. Then again, A, what worship looks like. And B, here's why. Look at verse one. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. There are three descriptions here. Shout joyfully, serve with gladness, and sing in his presence. Why? What is a joyful noise? Right? The tone deaf often quote this as, you know, they're validating their contribution to congregational singing. And that's funny, but it's really bad exegesis because it actually means a lot more than that. Right? So what is a joyful noise? It is a, an expression that pours out from the overflow of, of, of our hearts that have been made joyful by the character of our king. So if we, if we have been made joyful by God, who he is and what he's done, that should actually overflow from us. That's a joyful noise. And the reason we can do this, as Paul says in 1 Timothy 4.10, we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. And it's this joyful noise, this spontaneous, almost impulsive outpouring. It's not this technical preparation. There's a place for that. But this is the, they would call it a homage shout of a glad people in the presence of a gracious ruler. It's that, woo! Right? Yes! That's a joyful sound. That was loud. My apologies. I wanted to illustrate without hurting you. Charles Spurgeon said this, nearer will the world be in its proper condition when with one unanimous shout it adores the only God. That's what it is. It is the it is the joyful celebration in the presence of a good king. Picture what that looks like. Spontaneous joyful worship standing shoulder to shoulder with believers from Somalia and Iraq, and Afghanistan, and Nigeria, and Zimbabwe, and Papua New Guinea, and Vietnam, and North Korea, shouting with joy in the presence of a good king. How is this possible? As Paul says in Galatians 3, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God, through faith. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. A joyful noise. Then serve with gladness. You know, worship here is rightly called service. When we serve God, it is worship. Matter of fact, in Romans 12, and, and you'll have different translations in front of you right now, but in Romans 12 it says, We present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our... Some of you have reasonable worship. And some of the translations, the ESV says spiritual worship, and that's right, because the Greek word latreia means either worship or service. So what that means is there's really no gap or choice between your work and your worship. So the, the distinctions we typically made, right, secular career or a spiritual career, there really isn't that distinction for God's people. We understand what we mean but the fact is, Monday through Friday in your so-called secular career can be a spiritual worship as you serve the Lord there. Matter of fact, yours 
as compared to mine, may be more of a missionary-like worship or service because of the people God has placed you around. Since God is Lord, Psalm 100, he should be served. Since God is a gracious Lord, he should be served with gladness. Then we come into his presence with singing. Do you know that God's people sing? Obviously, not all of God's people know how to sing well. But God's people sing. Keith and Kristen Getty wrote in their new book, Sing, quote, singing gives voice to a heart that deeply knows the gospel of grace. We are a singing people because the gospel of the Lord Jesus compels us to sing. That's why we sing. As Matt Boswell says, we sing to an audience of one. So when we gather together and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, we're singing to him. And at times we might sing to one another. Right? We are admonishing one another in song, but ultimately we are singing to Him and Him alone. Now, this call to exult or to rejoice is actually based on the knowledge of something. Look at verse 3. This is the, the B of our first AB pattern. No. Okay, so all these other things, you know, make a joyful noise, serve with gladness. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So our worship actually has foundation. The reason we sing and the reason we serve and the reason we make a, a triumphant shout to God is because we know these things. As the Apostle Paul states in 1 Corinthians 14, I will, I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. That's the, that's the peculiar thing about Christian singing and worship is that we do so with a filled mind and intellect. So what are the three things on this first B pattern? Well, who God is. Know that the Lord, notice that's all capitalized, Yahweh, our covenant-keeping God, the God who keeps promise, He is the Lord. He is God. Notice not only who God is, but whose we are. We are his creation, his people. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people. We are dependent on him for existence. And then notice how favored a relationship we have with him. I love this description. He's God, right? He's Yahweh. But we are the sheep of his pasture. So the way he relates to us is not as a tyrant boss to a low-level employee, he relates to us as a shepherd who loves the sheep in his own flock. What that means is we are cared for, we are protected, and we are loved. And that fuels worship. Now, that knowledge of God's character moves us to a second invitation or a second call to worship. Look at verse 4. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. And it looks like he's repeating himself. But the word praise and bless are different. Praise simply means to proclaim his excellencies. And to bless actually means to kneel down, to bow down. So when you realize this excellent one you're singing about, it causes you to bow down in, in reverence. So in stanza one, the worship took the form of joy and gladness and singing. Here the worship takes the form of thanksgiving and praise and blessing. And now look at. Look at the Y again. Look at the second B of the A, B, A, B pattern. Look at verse 5. 
for that little word. That little word is why we give thanksgiving. That's why we praise. That's why we give thanks. That's why we kneel down. We do this because the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. Do you know the Lord is good even when you're not? The Lord is good even when you have failed. The Lord is good even when you think evil. And folks, that should turn us in praise to God and bowing down and proclaiming His greatness. Do you know His steadfast love endures, but it endures forever? Which means it endures way beyond your lifespan and beyond your lack of love and beyond your spiritual apathy and beyond our weakness because it endures forever. You never have to wonder if his steadfast, loyal love is going to run out. It won't. That turns us to sing and to give thanks and to exult and to bow down. And do you know his faithfulness is to all generations? I like saying it this way. His faithfulness is consistent and sustained to you and your children and your children's children and your children's children's children to every generation. And these realities should affect us and shape our life. They should, have, they should shape the life of our church. They should shape the time of our gatherings. And if it doesn't, if, if this doesn't describe us, a joyful noise, serving with gladness. By the way, the local church is a great place to start serving with gladness. It's a great time. It would be ideal to have an every member serving rather than the majority attending with a few serving. This is a great opportunity to serve the Lord with gladness. Do we do that? Do we sing in His presence? Do we offer thanksgiving? Do we praise? Do we bless? If not, Psalm 100 makes it clear it stems from a lack of knowledge. Because that knowledge of who God is should fuel worship. It's impossible to keep people from talking about what they love. As C.S. Lewis states, we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. Let me close with a real quick follow-up illustration. So, when that inch of a fish mattered, I saved it as my background screen on my phone. And for the next two days, I would hit the button and I would go, what time is it? To the other three men, right? Boasting, silly, I know. Boasting, talking about what was fun. Do we ever do that with God in a reverent way? Do we ever just turn the conversation to God, exult in Him and praise in Him? You know what He did? You know, when I woke up this morning, do you know in His Word, do we ever do that? Is, are we overflowing about other things or are we actually living out Psalm 100? As the old 100 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. 
I'm going to ask our worship team to come forward as we get ready to sing, There is a Redeemer. We have so much cause to praise and give thanksgiving and bless. Just listen to the words we're about to sing. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. And then we were going to to sing this out loud in chorus. Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. Let's pray.